welcome to Lessons of Life. And we talk about the 12 laws of mind here and how they affect us and the mystics that have taught us this, the great teachers and the uh, patrons had asked for uh, a dive into Neville Goddard. So that's what we're going to do today. We're diving into Neville Goddard. Now, one of the reasons Neville was so awesome to me was his visions and dreams as a child. I had had so many of those and always talking to quote unquote dead people or angel beings or mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Now, if I were born in this century, they would say I'm autistic. And there's no telling how my parents would have reacted to that. I just know we all did the best we could with what we had and knew at the time. And that was true of Neville, too. Neville often used examples in his own life to emphasize a truth, not realizing he had to experience that first so he could tell it later. He would say, you choose your own destiny, but in truth, you don't. You had to learn first. You had to experience something in your life. Then, when you've had enough, you ask yourself, why? Why is it like this? And then you were shown. Pick a role. Any role you want. Have it all. Use your mind. Slowly being taught this is all a mind game. Another big nugget from Neville is you and God are jabbing when you do a mundane task. That you are always spinning a story. Then another big nugget was there is no fiction. Go watch it for yourself. South Park. South Park is God talking. It has, for the most part, all come true. It's hysterical. Neville and his duck lesson is just one of the most beautiful things I, I ever read. You know, because I, I knew it was so true. Ducks caught in the wild taste like fish. You have to do a lot of preparation to get that gamey taste out of them. That fishy, fishy, yucky taste. And you, you feed them corn and bread and milk for two weeks before you kill them. It, it, the way they taste completely changes. And their diet changed how they tasted. You know, their insides changed from the diet that they ate. So, you know, emphasizing your mental diet changes and everything within you changes, causing a change on the outside. It's a chain reaction. <laughs> he had to experience that himself to for that lesson to sink into his head. The biggest nugget of all for me from Neville was how to read the Bible. I dug into it the moment he said, read it subjectively. I cried so much as I read it. It had come alive to me. That book I kept reading as a kid, loving that story of Ruth. It never occurred to me that others would not see it this way, you know. And then I saw them, you know, make Neville their God, as they would not go to the source of it all, the Bible. I mean, I don't blame them. I have a love for languages and, you know, words and, and reading and researching and analyzing and learning so for me it was it was a natural thing to do 
But it's not the natural thing to do for everybody. I finally realized that. Neville was meant to love the arts, you know. He was meant to learn the, love the theater and learn all aspects of it. He was meant to meet each person he met and have each experience he had before he realized he could indeed change his destiny. This is a man who had endured a lot of pain. Wasn't rich, but wasn't poor either, and had seen his father be robbed and cheated and overcome that. A mother who was loving but strict, a father who was loving and provided all by going to God. His love of the theater was his calling, how he would learn. He read other myths, legends, besides the Bible once he got to New York and out of Barbados. And he picked up all sorts of quibbles, you know, vegetarian, teetotaler, he didn't drink, you know, didn't eat meat, numerology, astrology. He had picked up all this stuff, but he, you know, he lived through the dust bowl and the depression was going on. And as Emmett Fox says, you know, the world had congestion at that time. Then he met Abdul. And through getting stuff, he pulled together the Bible and its meaning to him. Okay, he had dealt with a lot of lack of. So his subjective view and was get the stuff, I deserve the stuff, you know, and as he grew and was born again and received the promise, that perception kept changing until he received the promise. One of the more interesting aspects of Neville, you know, is seeing that evolve through his work when you read it from the earliest work to his last work. And one of the things I found interesting was his passionate dislike of certain things and how he judged others. You know, until he received the promise, he judged who got the golden rule applied to them. He thought it meant imagining they have what they want. You know, when it's really imagining they're the best they can be. That they're not really you know, showing you that they're greedy or jealous or these other things. That they're not poor, they're rich. Yes, it doesn't matter. It's a thought. Okay? But he was very picky about who he would give his moments to. And he judged them in order to determine who got his thoughts and who didn't. Who he would apply a prayer to and who he would not. You applied the prayer to all. No man left behind. One for all and all for one. You know, because if they're sick, you wish them well. That they're living the best life ever and God in their heart will sing and make it better for them. They can think all by themselves, so you keep it up high. Law of attraction has been around for a while. But it was Neville that put people back into that equation with everyone as you pushed out. Up until around the 19th century, it was known as the law of hospitality focused solely on people. The science 
lovers connected the dots and left people out of the equation, focusing on circumstances, conditions, and events. You were raised to judge. How far you take it is up to you. Totally. <laughs> Often others take what I say or write about Neville. They take it personally because I'm attacking their God. I'm not judging. I'm stepping back and putting myself in his shoes, knowing what I know about this place that the, that the Bible tells me. He was made to be the great Neville. Who emphasized it's your imagination, stupid? <laughs> he was a hacker, perfect to resonate in this time and place. He didn't bother going deeper once he knew how to get stuff, but he did go deeper. And after his vision and his forgiveness of all the judging he had done, you know. It was beautiful and consistent and lovely. You know, for example, you know, the story of Job, he tells us that the first two parts with Satan and it was some objective man talking, just ignore that, throw that out of there. No. <laughs> That's the whole story right there. You know? Uh, he tells us there is no fiction, but he didn't understand that God was talking to him through everyone else not just creative expression, but his focus was on imagination. That was his role, what he was supposed to do, teach others about their imaginations and the power that is. It was Neville's way of redeeming the sun. The sun is divine imagination who became the human imagination. And the human supplants the sun, okay? and leads him back home. Prodigal son returned. It was Neville's way of redeeming him, uh, of being Jacob and supplanting him, leading him home. You know, the son got tied to the human, and it's the human that gives him mercy, frees him, and lets him follow God in the human's heart. And it's the human that makes his mind like God. So imagination can fly again with God and show the human his stories that he really loves. You're perfect. A perfect expression of God. Funny, grumpy love. It's all good. You're not selfish. You're not envious. You're not jealous. And that's why it hurts. Don't do that. Neville was my Simon. He was perfect for me. Grabbing those final nuggets on my journey home. Just like Neville had had enough of lack of, so do we all in our own way. Waddle said it best, be rich and the world is yours to enjoy. So be, claim it. I am rich on all planes of existence. I am prosperity. Say it with confidence, like a little kid. Then laugh and go with life. It will weave its way into your life. Well, that's what you discover, and in the end, all's well. All's well that ends well. You know, Neville was an amazing man, and, you know, once he received the promise, he, he realized that 
um, he hadn't hacked it, uh, hadn't gone, finished the turn in the way most people did. And the brothers confirmed that to him. Yeah, you're right. You could change states so easily. We had to bring it. You know. <coughs> and it's good. Everyone has their own way of getting there. You can hack your way in through the West Gate if you want. You know, it doesn't matter. Nothing can hurt you. You can put on that disdain. You don't know any better. Walk away from them. You know, but eventually you'll have to forget it. This is what Neville learned. In the end, you're going to forget it. Your story's over. you got to release him. you got to release God. So that you can go hang. And he can go back to being what he needs to be for somebody else to learn a lesson. Oh, I hope this helps. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to leave some, send me a note. Jump over to YouTube, connect, come to Patreon, connect. We love it. Hope this helps. Blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. You angel. <laughs>